testing one, two, three. Can you hear me? Okay, great, wonderful. You know, uh, next Saturday, we're going to have School of Prophets. It's going to be at 3 o'clock. We're going to have the training. So everyone is welcome. It's for free. And then, of course, when you come, be prepared to prophesy, because I will say, you, prophesy. And so that's how you learn. I put you on the spot. And we have a lot of fun. So we're going to be doing that uh, from 3 o'clock till about 4 o'clock, or uh, 3 o'clock till 4, 4.15. And then we're going to have a, a one-hour of power uh, ministry uh, teams, uh, prophetic ministry teams are going to be prophesying over you and your friends for one hour. So have people come, get in line at 4 o'clock. It's first come, first serve. And then also, if you've served on a prophetic team in the past, please let me know. All right? Just email me. I sent you an email. Please check your spam box and unblock me. And so, uh, all right, so, um, and I'll send out a reminder again. So the more power, more, more people we have, if we have, like, let's say, eight teams, you know, that we can minister to a lot of people in that one hour. And then afterwards, we're going to have, uh, during the uh, service, we're going to have call-out ministry. So I'm going to have some selected friends who are going to be helping me to, to do some um, call-out ministry out here. We're going to go. You, the Lord, thus saith the Lord, and we're going to be doing that stuff. And then I uh, put you on the spot. And then I uh, put ourselves on the spot by doing that too. And then we're going to do some ministry uh, after that. So there's going to be a lot of prophetic next week, all right? So I guess this is this is Bill Bill month. I don't know. Yeah. There you go. Should I tell a joke? You guys want to hear a joke? You know, there's this family that was, you know, they invited the minister over for, for dinner. And um, <clears throat> they said, well, we may as well invite him over. So, because no one else is coming. So the minister's waiting in the living room, and there's a little boy is there, and the parents are in the kitchen. And uh, the minister says, yeah, t- ask the little boy, he says, you know, it smells really good. What are you guys having? He said, goat. He says, you're having goat? He goes, yeah. He says, I heard my dad say that no one else is coming, so we may as well have the old goat. <laughs> but I'm bummed. <laughs> I need the percussionist back there to put but I'm bummed. Exactly. exactly. So I have a, a requirement <clears throat> that uh, when I... When I'm speaking, that you guys all laugh at my jokes, all right? Telling me that that um, 
that there was going to be like a darkness or something like that in the land. And then right away he said, he said, it's coming. He said, but what's going to happen is, and I'm going to answer it, it's going to be uh, serve as a catalyst to reveal my ministers, that they're going to come forward. That what's going to happen is that there's going to be people across the world that didn't know how anointed they were, but they will rise up to the occasion, rise up, and especially intercessors. The Lord was showing me, and that as a result of this great intercession, it's going to be like an umbrella, and under that umbrella was going to be an outpouring of His presence in an unprecedented way, very, very powerful. So there's going to be great power coming, and it's going to be, you know, it's like He's raising us up. So I'm just expecting something really amazing for, for 2013, and I think other people have been saying the same thing. So just keep an eye open, and so and just be in prayer. Just, Lord, I just you know wake me up if I, you know, it's like a lot of times. Many of us, I, I, I run into people a lot, a lot of times, and I see the gifting in them, and it doesn't come alive until I tell them. You know, I might call it out. I said, you know, I really see this pastoral gifting on you. I, I really do, and I kind of go, wow. And then all of a sudden they wake up, and so it's going to be that kind of a thing. It's like the Lord's just going to be. Kaboom! And just calling you forth, and you're gonna be, you are more than what you think you are. So that's what that's what's coming. I really feel it. Yeah. So so anyway, so uh, putting together this talk, I really felt that there was definitely there was definitely work that we had to do in the spirit, you know, as a, as a team, and just praying for for tonight. And I felt like. I just, you know, I just was, I, I was telling Joel, I said, you know, I feel like I'm in a whiteout. I feel like I'm in a room and it's all painted white and I don't see anything at all. Nothing written on the wall. I'm not getting any notes. I'm not getting any information. I don't know what's going on. I said, I think it's the end of the world. I said, you know, I think probably if worse comes to worse, I'm just going to read Psalm 23 on Saturday. Very slowly and do a commentary on it. So, um, so then, um, so I, uh, I said, okay, Lord. I was just telling him. I said, you know what? I, I just don't. I start getting in touch with this feeling. Like I said, I just don't want to give a cliche sermon. I said, I really feel, you know. And then I started getting in touch with God's heart, you know. Just start pouring it out on me, and so I'm, I, w- I just didn't want to talk about you know butterflies and kittens and stuff like that. You know, lovely little Jesus loves you kittens, puppy dogs, and stuff like that. Happy Valentine. You know, just I just didn't want to. I felt like I just didn't want to go there, and I, I said, "Well, he said, well, what have I I've been showing you?" And so it's like. I felt like the Lord was showing me some very, very intense things, you know, over the last month or longer, you know, and just coming here into the service, and I was just picking up stuff, but I thought it was just only me, or maybe I was just imagining it, or it was just too long of a drive from San Rafael, you know, and I was just kind of like stressed off from that drive, and, but no, it's like the Lord just kept showing me over and over and over again, so I know it in my knower. Lays it in my heart and my spirit that there's people struggling with some very deep things in our midst. 
not everybody. So that there are some of you that are actually walking in this wonderful, uh, uh, this wonderful victory and stuff like that. But that there are some of you that are actually, I felt like the Lord showed me that there are some of you, that there are some in our midst that you say that you're Christian, but your walk isn't matching up with that. That, that there's a lot of compromise in your life. I think it, uh, in the past it's been coined as like carnal Christian. So you say you're a Christian, but you're, you're still willfully involved in the world. You're, you're doing your thing, whatever you're doing. You know, and I thought the Lord was showing me that was happening here with a few people. The Lord's also showing me that there are some people here that are struggling with some very life life-dominating life issues that nobody knows about. And, um, and you're, com- you're coming to church, you know, and the, and, and, um, and the Lord was showing me, he said, he said the reason why, why you're here and you're not just, you know, running away with all your stuff or with your carnal stuff is because my spirit is in you. I'm, I'm drawing you with my kindness. And I want you to, to really take in the light that's why you're here. My spirit has drawn you, brought you here for a purpose for that. And so, um, so I feel also too that there's some, you know, some of you have been struggling, may not be like, you know, very intense dominating issues. And, you know, the list is, there's a whole list of things here. There's like sexual addiction, homosexuality, there's drug abuse, there's alcohol abuse, there's Infidelity. I think I felt like the Lord was showing me infidelity. If there's not actual infidelity, thoughts of infidelity, of wanting to go down that, that path, you know, just, you know, hateful hatred, um, you know, uh, relational uh, difficulties, these kinds of things, and lots of other minor things, little minor issues that, you know, talk about with other people. And I feel like that's what the Lord is showing me. He says, that's what's happening. And, and tonight, you know, it's just so powerful with the worship and about, you know, it's like letting go of the things of the past. Is tonight is the night. It's kind of like t- tonight is that turning point. Uh, it's really, it's the, it's the turning point. It's kind of like, you know, unless unless you're sharing stuff where we're basically just a very shallow Christian organization and not really a family. And so... If we open up to one another, we have fellowship with each other, you know. Obviously, you're not going to be sharing with everybody, you know. For those of you that are doing okay and you're, you're fine and you're strong right now, you're being called upon to be ministers and to be the pastors and the mothers and the fathers for these people, but to be to be a safe hearing voice, a, a safe hearing ear for these people. They need to confess and open up and talk about their stuff. Very heavy. <laughs> and I didn't want to go down this path. I, w- I wanted to talk about, you know, puppy dogs and kittens instead, and butterflies and goose pimples. But the Lord said, new. And so it was really interesting. I was trying to go down that path and trying to squeeze out the message of butterflies. 
trying my very, very best, and nothing came out. And then as soon as I decided, oh, okay, I'll go in this direction, kaboom, it was a flood, a flood of material that just kind of started flowing. So that's for, for today. But before, you know, I go down there, I just want to remind everybody that we are new creatures. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, everyone that is in Christ, he is a new creature, and all things passed away. Behold, new things have come. And every single one of you is a new creature. When you accepted Jesus, there was a trait, and you are awesome before the Lord, and he cares for you, and He's watching over you, and he loves you. You are a royal priesthood. In First Peter's 2.9, it says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. For you were not a people. You were not a people. But you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Every single one of you. God so loves and adores every single one of you. Everyone. Uh, a person, this uh, friend of mine put on uh, my Facebook, uh, a friend of mine we used to minister together years and years ago, and she said, you know, I found this um, bumper sticker, and it said, and it said, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, that's, that's it. We are seated in heavenly places. And, you know, and we have stuff that we're, we, we're going to be growing through that we need to deal with and, and work on and process. And so, um, in Psalm 139, you know, it says, you know, nothing is hidden from him. He says, you scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. And it's like, it's like the Lord is, sees everything. It's, it's just time to, to get over it and, and make that decision. God sees everything. He knows every little thing. He knows every single little thought. And I think, you know, a lot of us know that in our head, but maybe we not, may not know that maybe in our heart emotionally. But may the eyes of your heart be open to know that. And don't freak out that he knows. He, it's, like, it's like he bought us with the price we belong to him, and so it's all bare to him. It's like we are his possession. You know, how many of you are intimately acquainted with your possessions? You know, you, you know what you have all that junk in the garage and everything, every last little thing. He is intimately acquainted with all our junk. <laughs> and he knows that we're hoarders. <laughs> I just made that up. Anyway, so... that are dealing with these things, extremely heavy things, and light things, things are, are light, because maybe for some of us, maybe we might have some annoying habits, you know, 
that it's just we need to we want to be a more perfect, you know. We want to grow up and be more mature. And so one of the things that I discovered years ago was the importance of walking in the light with the Lord. It says in First John one, it says that this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we say that we have fellowship and yet walk in the darkness, in other words, we're not telling him anything. We're not acknowledging nothing. And it says, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the thing that the Lord, what I discovered is how important it is to acknowledge every single thing, every single little thing that you do. However often it happens, if it happens every ten minutes, tell the Lord, by the way, Lord, I did it again. I had that thought again. By the way, I, 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 I clicked on that website that I shouldn't have again. I had sex with that person again that I should not have. I took that pill again that I shouldn't have, Lord. And I welcome you into it. This is how you do it. This is how you get victory to people. And you say, I welcome you into this. I said, you know, I really enjoy taking this pill. I'm walking you really interesting is that the Lord picks, you know, he picked us up. He said, while we were yet sinners, he died on the cross. Picked us up with all the dirt, and he continues to pick us up with all the dirt. Here we are, a sack of dirt in his arms, and we're, and we're just kind of like, Lord, I have all this dirt. He goes, I know. I love you. He says, but Lord, you're going to get dirty. He says, no, I'm not. He says, my light will consume it. I can't get dirty. 
So he picks us up 30 diapers and all. And he doesn't care. I would say that a lot of parents, you know, they have their child that, you know, falls down and it's soaking wet diaper, but the, child, the parents going to pick that child up and hold it and comfort it. Probably get pee all over them, you know, whatever. So. But it's my baby. I can wash this shirt. The Lord cannot be peed. Just so that you know. I said, uh, I said, do you, do you enjoy that pornography? 
faith stuff or whatever. Do you enjoy going down that path or whatever? And he said, he said, uh, he said, no. And I just said, wrong answer. I said, you know, the Lord sees everything and he sees that you enjoy it. So tell him that you do. Just tell him. And what happens is that the Lord transforms that, turns that darkness into light. That's how you're going to get the victory. Turn it over. Just like, you know, just turn it in. That's basically what he said. Just turn it in. And I will give you the victory. I will exalt you. I'm going to raise you up and give you the victory that you're looking for. In that relationship, in that marriage, I'm going to give you the victory over the drugs, over the alcohol, over the the lying and stealing and the cheating or whatever you're doing. But I hate that person, Lord. I said, I know you do. I just want to stay mad at that person because that person just makes me mad. Grinds my gears. Makes me sick. He says, I know it does. That's what I mean about being honest with the Lord. And eventually he'll turn your heart around because you brought it to him. You brought it into the light. There's light. The demons scatter. They scatter like cockroaches. They just disappear. Well, Pastor, you know, I've been confessing for the last 10 years, and I'm just, you know, I'm just about ready to give up because, you know, God just, you know, he's going to give up. I know that he has. Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired? He gives strength to the weary and to him who lacks might, he increases power. grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly at those who wait for the Lord who wait will gain new strength they will mount up with wings like eagles they will run and not get tired they will walk and not become weary you know people who are if you're gripped like with severe life dominating issue it's not going to go away overnight it may not go away in 5 years it may not go away in 10 years it may not go away in 40 years but it's but you're going to be working on it again and again and again. It's like an onion. You're going to keep peeling the onion, and you keep peeling it. The more you peel it, what happens? It gets smaller and smaller. And guess what else happens while you're peeling the onion? You cry. <laughs> cry. Tears of pain and sometimes tears of joy while you're peeling that onion. struggle here is to remain close to the Lord and to continue to walk in that intimacy with him and to walk in confession.
confession and not give up, not give up on it. Do never give up. Never, ever, never give up walking in honesty with the Lord. Even if you feel, I just been, I just haven't had victory over this thing for 10 years, and you still want me to be honest with the Lord and to bring it forward, yes. Just keep on doing it. Ask the Lord, Lord, how can, how can I be more open about this with you? What else do I need to say or do? Proverbs 3, 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. Absolutely. I know that um, a lot of us get really impatient, you know, with our, with our walk. You know, it's kind of like, oh, we're all the same. And we're all moving in unison together. And we're kind of going like this. And we're not all together. You know. That's what we want, that's what we want, but there's a, there's a lot of stragglers. There's, you know, there's, they're going this way and I'm, I'm going this way. What's going on with that? You know? It's because you're unique and your situation is unique. You had different situations happen in your life. Some brokenness happened So one of the things that I, you know, I tell people, I said, you know what, it's like, you're on your way to victory. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9, it says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? You go, oh no, that's me. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, the swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. Oh my God, that's me. Such were some of you. But you were washed, and you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. Right? For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. a result of works. So, the thing is that um, all you can do is just continue to confess. And you may not be able to perform your own healing. You may not be able to be, I'm trying to be mature, and you just, you just are keep lying over and over again. But the Lord says, you know, it doesn't make any difference. You've been saved. I have you in my arms. My blood is enough. My blood is enough. You are justified. You've been set apart. So, um, one of the things I tell people, I said, while you're going through this growth process, you know, there, there are other things that you can do besides being honest with the Lord. I love being honest with the Lord every single day, and it has just made the biggest difference in the world, let me tell you. 
I just feel so much more calm and peaceful and more victorious and strong in areas of my life. And I tell people, you know, I said, you know, get prayer. There's some other things you can do. Be proactive is another thing. Confess the Lord and be proactive. Get prayer from people that you trust. From people that you trust. Be careful about who you ask for counsel or prayer from. Just say, Lord, is it this one? Should I? Should I? Should should I or should I not? So many times I've seen some of the most broken people, what they go and do is they go and get prayer from someone else that's more broken than they are. Counsel from them. And before they know it, they're against the slippery slope and then they disappear out the door. Pray about who to pray for you. Another thing to do is listen to worship tapes. I know that these sound like, oh, that's like ordinary stuff. It's not very, you know, there's the busy you can take, you know, for this thing, you know, something more exciting, you know. Just listen to the worship, you know. It's like, feed your spirit. Feed your heart with, with, with worship. Soak in it. Attend fellowship. That's another thing that's boring. Why attend fellowship? But the thing is that what happens is that people see in us what we don't see in ourselves. If we're left alone long enough, all we see is all the ugly stuff. But when we're around our friends, they see all the beautiful stuff. Well, sometimes they see the mess, but, you know, they don't care. They forgive you because they're happy to be around you, right? Attend fellowship. That's why it says, you know, do not forsake uh, fellowship. Don't forsake it. It's not, it doesn't mean that you, that you have to be a church. You will be a church. You must be dutifully. That's why it says, you know, do not forsake the assembly of the righteous. You know, it's, it's not a law. I mean, it's a practical thing. If you forsake it, you're going to forget who you are. You're going to get miserable and find yourself going back to the things that give you comfort, the drugs, the sex, the Another thing that's, I guess, similar to the prayer is to is to get confession, is to, to have confession as well, is to find someone to confess to. And that's basically, you know, kind of like what we all are for one another as Christians, you know, brothers and sisters, those of you who are standing and, you, and you're strong and people come and talk to you, they're confessing. And what you're doing is that you're providing those loving doe eyes of love. Jesus loves you. Seriously, you can just be there listening and wide-eyed and present and just love on them and forgive them and hold them. That's why you need to confess. Just find someone safe to confess with. Or a counselor. You know, some, some, of, some of the stuff that you're going through, maybe, maybe if you were sexually abused or something like that, you know, and there's some really heavy things going on in your life or you're struggling with homosexuality that's just really, really deep or whatever, whatever else that might be that you're just really gripped. If you just need some extra attention, go for it. Go see a Christian counselor. That's what I tell people. Just go do it. And then just find some people to be accountable with. So I also tell the Lord, you know, 
what I found, which is really neat with the Lord, is it's like, you know, when we let him in, little by little at the beginning, it might be kind of scary to let him in. But it's kind of like you've heard the story of the camel in the tent. And there was this guy and he had a tent. He had this big, beautiful tent. And he's in his comfortable in his tent. And then there's this camel. And he says, camel, I just, I just stick my nose in. That's just my nostrils. Just, he says, okay. And after a while, the camel says, can I just like, you know, I can't see anything, you know, and I, I want to see, can I, I'm just up to my eyes. And then after a while, he says, how about like up to my neck, you know, because this is kind of uncomfortable like this, I want to look at my neck. And that's what it's like with the Lord. When you start confessing and opening up and again and again and again, it's like he becomes like that camel on the tent. And before you know it, the entire camel's in the tent. And that's what the Lord wants. He says, look, just let me in. Just let me in. And just, I, I, I just, I want to come in and, and just be comfortable. I want you to be comfortable with me because we're going to be comfortable forever and forever and ever and ever. Amen. I said, okay. So, so one of the things that Another thing I wanted to, to to share here a little bit, just kind of just to let you know what happened to me many, many years ago. This was years and years and years ago. <clears throat> First of all, I'll tell you what, what's happened. This is like 35 years ago. I'm in a movie. I'm actually a movie star. I'm in a movie. It's called Family Gone Wild. Everybody's wearing, like, these intense wigs. But anyway, no. It's called Family Gone Wild, and it was, it's what happens to people when the family gets broken and stuff like that. And, and there was uh, uh, Mrs. Eldridge Cleaver. She's in that, um, in that movie. And also Margaret Lesher. She at the, at the Concord Lesher Theater. Her, Margaret Lesher, she's in there. And so at that theater, that's where they had the premiere. This was back in 19... In 1978, that's back then. And then also, too, I'm also in a book. So my testimony is also in a book as well. So 35 years ago, in the early 70s, I got involved in a gay lifestyle. And um, I was in college, and I was confused. And I was on drugs, and I was drunk and everything like that. Before I knew it, this slippery slope, boom, there I was. Dancing the night away. And so, um, <clears throat> I had actually fallen away from the Lord at that time. And uh, I was a Christian. I, I fell away. I was, you know, I just didn't know. I had no one to talk to, really. So, I just found my own resources. I found my own way of coping with whatever was going on inside. And then, after a while, what happened was that the Lord, um, He came to me. He visited me. This is about the whole thing about God visiting us in our brokenness that we can't deal with on our own. It's like you're so trapped and so lost that the, the Lord has to come in. It's that power that has to come in. It's a, a miraculous power. 
And so miraculously, he came to me in the midst of that. And he showed up in my room, and I heard him speaking to me in an audible voice, just like you're hearing me right now. He says, I want to be your God. I want to be your Lord. I want to be your friend. I want to be your lover. I want to be your healer. And I said, okay. All right. I let, I let the camel in. <laughs> I didn't realize that's what he was doing on me. So I said, all right. So while I was still in the midst of being involved in that lifestyle, the Lord was still interacting with me and showing me stuff in the Bible, even though I was living with somebody at the time. But God was still with me. And I'm telling you this because invite the Lord into your stuff because he's willing to camp out with you no matter where you're at. He will camp with you where you are at. That's right. And so it's like he went into my darkness, into my personal hell. He left heaven. He went down there. And he's standing there with me, walking with me through this whole thing. So there I was for about a year or so. I'm still living with this person on drugs and taking alcohol, you know, alcohol, drugs and I was depressed and suicidal. I wanted to kill myself, but a bullet in my head. There was a gun. I had a gun in the apartment in the hallway. And I used to, like, kind of walk around it like this all the time, you know, because I was I knew it was in there, and I knew what I was contemplating on doing because I was miserable. But again, like during that time, the Lord just came visiting me, and I just kept confessing every day. I said, you know, it says right here, if I confess my sins, and he'll forgive me. He said, Lord, I confess. I confess what I'm doing again. Then the next day I wake up, Lord, I can. you said that if I confess that you'll forgive me. So I confess it, and I just take that forgiveness. So really, I didn't realize what I was doing was I was just... I was um, embracing the fact that he was holding me. And I was just kind of calling it out. I didn't know it. That he had his arms around me. So then as time went on, and he started, I started seeing demons in heaven. And, and then every time I would get stoned, every time I would get stoned, uh, he started showing me scripture. Do you realize how much I paid for this stuff? I go, <laughs> so he kept, he started invading my hallucinations. But you know, during one of those times, what's really, really scary was that I actually saw, like, the face of Satan. It was, like, really, really weird. It was like he was there, and he was laughing at me. So scared that never happened to me before, and it was real. And I was so scared that I just called out to Abba, Father. It was just kind of automatic, and all of a sudden I could feel the Lord pick me up, and all I could hear was the Lord's heartbeat. He says, "Listen to my heartbeat. Just listen." And I just was listening and listening. Just listen. sobered up. 
so these are the kinds of things that were happening. But then after a while, I was just so in love with the Lord and what he was showing me. Remember, I'm still in that lifestyle. I was so in love with God. I started going to Bible studies and stuff and started reading my Bible. I picked up the Bible. I didn't know what to read, so I just read all the highlighted stuff. Because in, in Tapas Crusade for Christ, you know, and all the Bible studies, you're there and you highlight you know, the, the, the Jesus love. Okay, highlight that. Yeah. So I just was reading all the highlighted stuff going through the Bible. I just read that stuff. And that's what really fed me. I mean, but this is the Holy Spirit is guiding us. It's like the Holy Spirit empowering us while we're in there in the midst of, of taking a hold of the, of, the, of the process. So while we're in the process, he's there rooting for us and holding us up and guiding us and leading us. Which is re- really amazing, you know. I mean, it says, in all your ways acknowledge me, and he will make your path straight. Oh, whoa. So that certainly applied to me. But anyway, so. (laughs) I threw away all my turbans. Anyway, so. The ones with the big feathers, you know. Uh. So, so what happened was that um, eventually uh, um, what started happening was he started telling me, he says, you know, you're so in love with me and you're you're seeing my kingdom and you're seeing the truth because it's coming alive. It's like the Bible was coming alive and I started telling people, I found it. I found it. I found Jesus. He's alive. Then I put on the cologne and go out to the bars. And so... Seriously. And so then um, then he, he told me, he said, you know, if you want to discern more of me, stop taking the drugs. So I let go of the drugs. I didn't let go of the drugs because I felt like, oh, what a horrible sinner. I'm a drug addict, miserable, whatever. It was like the, for a practical reason, I let go. For a practical reason. Just to see more of him. And to discern more of him. And then eventually, uh, um, what, what happened was, as I, as I did that, then eventually, well, at this place I was working at, there was this gal there, and then I, was, I said, you know, I have a confession to make, because I started having Bible studies there at work, and then I'd go home to this person that I was living with. That's, I was in a dual lifestyle. How does that happen? You know, God is so patient, you know, he was. He was determined. He was like the pit bull of heaven. He clapped on and he wasn't going to let go. And that's how it is for every single one of us. He has he has clamped onto our leg and he's not going to let go. He's just not going to let go. And so um, <clears throat> this gal at work, she says, I told her, I said, you know, I really have a confession to make that, you know, I'm involved in this, you know, the gay lifestyle and stuff like that. And she says, oh, I don't The staff here knows about where where I've been, and you know I, I've been you know in the city. I've like you know uh, testified before tens of thousands of people and ministered to a lot of people in the city. That's what I did over there a lot. 
Jimmy Sullivan was very well known in big circles and, and big ministries and stuff like that. People know the kind of stuff that I've done, you know, here. And so some people, some of you here know, and some of you probably have kind of guessed and saying, hmm, you know, that bill that I think, I, I know, I always kind of knew it. It's, it's that giggle. It's just that giggle. That's what it is. That was the dead giveaway. So, um, so anyway, so this gal, she, uh, you know, she told me that she was, and then all of a sudden she told me she was going to this church, and in this church, a call opened our church in Sarafel, had a ministry to people coming out of lifestyle. But it was like the Lord took me in stages. If she had presented that to me before, I, I would not have heard her. But it was at the proper moment as I'm inviting the camel in. So here the Lord is like, you know, both legs are in the tent already. And he says, oh, by the way, there's a ministry. Because now he could use his plow to do that. See, over there. Go that way. That camel has thumbs. Anyway, so... So I went there, and I got myself, and eventually I, I was there, and I was in full-time ministry. I was a missionary there as well, and I was ordained there and was ministering for like seven years, and then eventually I got myself involved with um, San Francisco Vineyard, and uh, there I, I came on staff and was ordained there, and I had like about 15 or 16 ministries, and one of them was for people coming out of lifestyle, a ministry called Living Waters for people with uh, sexual and relational brokenness, that kind of stuff. So we must have ministered to maybe five or six hundred people in that program while I was there. I was overseeing the healing center. So it's like the Lord, it's, it's kind of like I, when I, I remember when I left that whole lifestyle, there was a whole bunch of friends that I left and it was like I made this trade and I left that behind and the Lord gave me this. You know? <laughs> and yeah, It's kind of like for the Lord, you know, when we let the Lord in, you let him in more and more and more, and he opens the world. We open our heart to him. We are honest. We present it to him again and again and again and again. He opens the world for us. He gives us a, a whole family of friends uh, to, to love on us and for us to love on them. And so... Um, You know, if if there's any, you know, I, I have, you know, uh, I was at in Promised Land Fellowship. I was doing that. Vineyard became Promised Land Fellowship in San Francisco. That was with Michael Brodor. And now I think Jake Winslow is the pastor in Treasure Island. But in 2004, I moved on from that church, and I stopped doing healing center ministry and ministry to people struggling with sexual addiction issues or homosexuality or lesbianism or you name it. Depression, because you know, I, I that was not my only ministry. It just kind of represented maybe twenty percent of what I was doing. The rest of it was like pulling my hair out, you know, trying to figure out how many bulletins to fold for Sunday and stuff like that. And you know, you know, chasing after keys and stuff like that for the building. And you know, I was kind of like the executive pastor there. And so, um, so I just had a full, you know, just 
full plate in San Francisco. But, you know, since 2004, I haven't really ministered in, the, in this area. I haven't really won. Was really, I wasn't really interested in sharing anything, you know. But I just kind of felt like the Lord was saying, no, this is the time to do it, you know. Because I think the Lord is really bringing us up to a new level and just cracking and just cracking it open. He's like, he wants to crack us open. Because he wants to crack heaven open on us. right. You know, and so seriously, I mean, if you guys have, if you if you want to email me or sit down and chat with me or whatever, just, you know, let me know. If there's something that you want to discuss, I'd be happy to discuss it with you and pray for you. And so is, you know, the staff as well, you know, everyone's just like eager to to minister, you know. It's like to, to just come down to the nitty gritty so, um, anyway, so, I really feel like right now what I'd like to do is just kind of do like an altar call kind of a thing. And I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that, you know. If you're a drug addict, come up here right now. No, I'm just going <laughs> to stand right here and repent. No. Like I said, I've been sensing that there's some very heavy issues, and other people have said the same thing. They've been, you guys are dealing with. There's some stuff. People, some people dealing with stuff. There's some. There's like some light stuff and some heavy stuff. Okay. So there's some medium stuff that you're dealing with. Maybe there's some light stuff. Maybe you're struggling with a boss at work or something like that. You just can't get over it. Whatever, coworker, or it's something really. Serious, very serious thinking. And, you know, and if you want the Lord to come in deeper, do, if you guys want the, the camel to come in deeper, uh, why don't we just stand up and I want you to, I want you to come forward. I want you to come up here and just come up here because we're going to do something. We're going to do some ministry. Sometimes with these kind of situations, you know, it's like the Lord. You know, I, I, I'd be at a, uh, I'd be at a um, conference, and they say, if you're dealing with whatever, come on up and whatever. And let's say I might know that I might be dealing with something, and the Lord is saying, "Well, yeah, we've been dealing with that, haven't we?" And says, "Yeah." And and I feel like, and at that moment, I may not feel like I need to come up, not at that time. But the Lord will show you if He wants you to come up. But you don't have to come up. You can even stay where you're seated. If you say, you know what, that's kind of embarrassing. I don't want to go there. But you know, she went up there, so I may as well too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get some of that. Okay? So come on up. Just like, fill it up here. Let's just fill it up. Come on. More. Come on. No, no, uh, no one in the aisles, all right? No, right here. No, not the steps. That's okay. <laughs> Come on. 
So we're going to let uh, we're going to let him in. We're going to ask the Lord to come in to these places, and He's been showing you. He's been showing you what it is, the thing, or the things, or the struggles, or whatever. However long, and He's not mad at you. The Lord just wants you to know, I'm not disappointed in you. You cannot discourage my love. That's what He's saying to you. You cannot discourage my love. You cannot discourage how much I respect you. You cannot discourage how precious you are to me. I'm totally with you, and I'm totally on your side. And I have clamped on, and I'm not going to let go. (laughs) So I want you to repeat after me. Just close your eyes and just repeat after me. Lord, I thank you. That I'm very special to you. Lord, thank you that I'm very special to you. I am immeasurably precious to you. I am immeasurably precious to you. You love me as though there were no one else. You love me like there was no one else. Whoa. <laughs> to you about me. I am the apple of your eye. You love me unconditionally. Thank you that you care about me. I want you to mean it. Thank you that you care about me. You will never leave me nor forsake me. Thank you that you understand my trouble as no one else does. Wow. Thank you that you will see me through this process of healing. that you're forgiven. I pronounce that over you. 
and I release that gift of forgiveness over you. And each one of you are going to be, he's turning each one of you into forgivers, into wounded healers. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, right there.
I, I see the Lord. Some of you, it's like your soul has been torn. I just see the Lord is just healing that. I just ask whether you would just heal people's souls that have been torn, that have been ripped, that have been hurt. Some of you have like fallen into stuff, you know, you just can't get out of it because your heart has been broken. Your heart has been broken. And you've just kind of like just given up. You've, you have fallen over because your heart has been broken. And I ask whether you just mend hearts, Lord. That you would mend hearts right now. neutralizing poison right now. I just, I just pull out the darts of the enemy out of your heart. Just pull it out. I pull out the accusations and the judgments and pull them out. I pull them out right now. Thank you, Jesus. sing that last song that Joel sang, and I'd, I'd like to sing, have us sing that, you know, and just, you know, just worship the Lord, and 
then after that, we're going to just have some general ministry time. All right, so, all right, so that concludes my talk and my whatever. All right.